Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Tom Edigen on the line. Tom, how are you, sir? Good. It's great to be with you today. Thank you for uh, for having me on the uh, on the show. I appreciate you and, and this work that you're doing. So your forte is conscious leadership. And at the time of this recording, we're right in the middle of a pandemic. And leadership is, I mean, leadership is always important. But at this time, I, I, I can't imagine a more important time for uh, strong leadership to be uh, in place. So tell us a little bit about conscious leadership, your work, and, and some of the things you're noticing as we're in this pandemic. Sure. So I, uh, you know, I, I've been in business for whatever, over, well over three decades and have worked with all size businesses from startups to, uh, to Fortune 50 companies and, and here in the U.S., uh, in Europe, in Asia, in Latin America, and um, you know there there are pretty consistent themes in terms of of uh, what organizations need in terms of leadership. And over the last dozen years, I've really focused on conscious leadership. And when I say that, I mean the the conscious piece is around a leader who's self aware, who is uh, able to really understand how they're showing up, the impact that they're having on the, on the people around them. And uh, looking around the corner, anticipating what needs to happen uh, for the business to ensure the, the safety, protection, and productivity of the people who work for them. And so when we get to a crisis like we're in right now and have been for the last couple of months, it's, uh, it shines a spotlight on, uh, on the leadership skills and leadership ability. Well, I've seen that just with the countless situations where we see people have Zoom fatigue because they're having so many Zoom meetings where, if you look at it, they're likely having more meetings now than they did before when everyone was working out of an office building or even multiple office buildings. So it, I agree, it definitely highlights some inability to coach and lead an organization in a remote type of setting. And in a way, I'm, I'm a bit surprised because a lot of organizations, especially Fortune 50, you know, they've got people all over the globe. So it's, it's alarming in a way that this is happening, that there's all this Zoom fatigue when, uh, when if things were done properly, this would just be, okay, well, everyone knows what they need to do. Does everybody have the tools they need to do them? Okay, let them do it and, and get out of their way. Yeah, I, and I think there's a, there are two important points to what you're you're highlighting there around Zoom fatigue. One is do you know do the leaders truly trust the people who work for them? Do they feel comfortable, and um, are they allowing the individuals to 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 show up as their best selves? Have they created the environment and a trusting relationship where people know what's expected of them, and they can identify if there if there's anything they need in a safe environment and be productive so that's that's one dimension of it and the other dimension is a, is an interesting piece about a month ago I ran a, a three and a half day global retreat on zoom and we had people from all over the world participating 
We started on a Wednesday um, mid-morning in the mountain time of, of the U.S. so that we could accommodate people all over the world. And we did a half-hour session just to orient everybody to what they could expect over the next three days. And then we had uh, a full-day retreat that I co-facilitated all day on a Thursday, all day Friday, and all day Saturday. And because we didn't, well, because we, we actually put forethought into how did we want people to engage on Zoom? How did we want them to spend their time? Could we create a connection, safety, trust, relationship? Uh, what ended up happening was we, we finished the retreat on Saturday afternoon and I, I just invited everybody. I said, just like a physical retreat, I'm going to keep the Zoom room open. I know you guys have all been on this uh, on Zoom for the last three and a half days, but I'm just going to leave it open like it as if we were at a physical retreat and you can socialize. And over half the group stuck around for another 45 minutes. That's and awesome so that you my, created that option. That's right. great. My, my point is, is that, yes, we can have Zoom t- fatigue if whoever's responsible for the Zoom meeting is treating it as just a transactional interaction. But if they go into the, the Zoom meeting with the intention of being present, being vulnerable, being the, 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 and exhibiting the attributes that leaders are required and expected and need to be exhibiting, then it can be a very different experience. And, and the person can leave the Zoom call engaged. They can leave the interaction fulfilled, enriched, heard, safe, trusted, but it's, it, it requires a, a level of leadership, a, a level of intentionality that is, isn't always present in leadership. And, and I get it. You know, people are feeling the, the stress that uh, exists in the, in the collective consciousness. These are very unusual times, but it's an opportunity for each of us to really practice our leadership skills, to show up in a way that others can benefit from, others are desperately in need of. Yeah, I think in a leadership standpoint, leading your teams and just letting them know you're there for them and not necessarily directing them on do this, do this, do this, but just check in. How is everybody doing? And, 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 not, and a lot of people naturally will just gravitate to talk about, uh, well, I'm working on this project. I'm doing this. It's like, no, 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 I'm not talking about work. How are you doing as a human being navigating all this? Because so many of us are working from home. Our loved ones are probably there as well. If we have children, then many of us are now full-time school teachers as well. So it's, it's chaotic for a, a lot of people. So as leaders, having an understanding of that really helps, I, I hope, to you know, kind of narrow the focus of what an organization should be doing right now. And I always tell people, well, if you're confused on what to do, ask your customers, what do they need from you right now? And do that. And it's, it's a whole new ball game right now. Now, I anticipate that in time we will get to a point where we start doing things more like we did before. I don't know. I have no idea what normal will look like, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you see happening over the next six months to a year to five years kind of thing with all of this because 
I think some organizations that are really agile are going to be able to pivot and navigate through this and, and come up with some new ways to do some things where some others that were quite rigid and, and not really able to you know, pivot on a dime per se are going to continually struggle. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll share a couple of things. And, and you know, I, I loved your comment about um, you know, somebody coming into a call and asking asking them, how are you doing? And they immediately start going down the laundry list of projects and stopping and saying, no, how are you doing? That's a really important question to be asking. And a fundamental key piece of that is actually creating a safe environment for them to answer honestly. And so to create that safe environment, it requires the leader to first truly see the person, to second, to truly hear, hear them, and the third is to, to genuinely appreciate them. And without those three components, the person isn't going to feel safe. And without that safety, it's, it's almost impossible to have trust. So with the, the question about the, the new normal, it, it's absolutely fascinating. I, I've got a, one of the CEOs I coach. She and I were in a conversation back in March. And you know, we, it was very much in the early days of COVID here in the U.S., and she made the decision that this was serious, this was real. Her uh, board of directors didn't take her seriously, felt like she was overreacting, but she shifted all of her resources from external sales to, to e-commerce and online, advertising, marketing, et cetera. And she had her best April ever. This is a company that's been around for years, and they had their, their most revenue and most sales ever in the company's history. Um, by mid-May, they were already 40% over their May numbers. And you know, this was a leader who was looking around the corner, who was, was reading the landscape, anticipating what possibly could be the worst-case scenario, which has been worse than I think most anybody ever expected was possible. And yet, her business is doing extremely well. And this is a, you know, a, a business that's uh, B2C and very competitive environment. But she's already thinking about what are the implications of these last two months that have been wildly successful and what are her customer needs and all of the new customers that she has acquired, how is she going to create customer loyalty? What do they need? What do they want? And so it's, it's fascinating to, to um, see in real time how one, one business leader in one organization is responding to the environment. Another CEO I work with, they, they saw 90% of their revenue fall off in the span of two weeks. And they had to take a big step back and look at what business are we in? What are our business processes? And how do we respond to, to our customers? They ended up laying off about 60% of their workforce and have been really trying to respond to and offer something new and different to their customers than they were offering them before. And it's working. And it's, it, they've you know, really started focusing on education and, and things that their customers are, are genuinely in need of. In terms of what's going to be different, what's the new normal, I'm, I'm hearing consistently over the last month, people are using this time to reflect to understand what's important, what matters to them in their lives, uh, for their businesses, their relationships, 
And I, I, I don't know if we're in the middle of it, if we're at the end of the beginning. I, I don't know where we are in this process. And I, I think it is too early to know for sure what's, what's going to be different. I, I think there's growing consensus that people don't want to go back to where we were. They're recognizing that the old normal, the old uh, dominant paradigm uh, wasn't working for most. And I don't know what the emerging paradigm is going to be. It's, it's absolutely fascinating to, to watch this unfolding. Um, yes, there's a tremendous amount of suffering that's going on, loss of life, people very sick, financial loss. But there's also some, some wonderful aspects and dimensions of humanity that we're seeing arise. It's a great opportunity, and I love the reflection angle of things, too. To do the work to say, okay, there were things that we all know that weren't working for ourselves, our organizations, and this is a great opportunity to take advantage of that. And I know many organizations have this fear, well, if I don't go completely you know, full-blown into things that I'm not going to be able to rebound or adjust to what people need. There's nothing wrong with pausing and saying, okay, what what was working well, what wasn't? And, and take the time and use some of those Zoom calls to honestly have conversations with your teams and, and say what was working, what wasn't. And we can actually reinvent the wheel during this period of time and, and, and really do the work that we think will make our organizations more efficient, easier to deliver what we need to deliver to our consumers and our clients, make it a place where people can grow and really shine and do the work that they love doing. Because if you have a team that really enjoys what they do, it is reflected in how you serve your customers and the products and services. It's, it's, it's natural. And, and really look for opportunities and, and figure out where, you know, where the organization wants to go over the next few years because we normally don't get opportunities like this. It's, as I use the adage, you can't tune up your car while you're driving it on the road. And this is an opportunity to do the tune-ups because, you know, as I joked with somebody yesterday, so a lot of us are getting you know three months to the gallon, you know, so we're we're not really driving much. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a great opportunity for us to kind of look at things and tweak some things, and and then once things start opening to whatever we want that normal to be, then you know we'll be better for it. Yeah, and if, if we look at, you know, starting, a, a, you know, about 100 years ago, at least here in the U.S., and for many industrialized countries around the world, you know, coming out of the Great Depression, there was a, a, a huge need to get people back to work. And the industrial age was really just, just at the beginning stages. And then with World War II, there was a tremendous amount of, of focus and attention on getting as much machine, war machinery out the, out the factory door as possible. And you know, during that era, the, the U.S. fundamentally made a decision to become a consumption-based, consumer-based economy. And with the, the need to respond to the, to the war, there was a, a tremendous amount of focus on efficiency. And so for the better part of the last 100 years, Everything's been focused on efficiency and, and consumption, and it's it's been at the detriment of the planet. It's been at the detriment of humanity and and many of the species on the planet. 
And, you know, in, in this decade or in this century, we've had here in the U.S., we had the uh, Y2K uh, and the uh, dot-com bust. We had the uh, uh, 9-11. We had um, the 2008 economic collapse. And now we've, we've got the impact of, of COVID-19. And each of those have been an opportunity for us to, to take a deep pause and say, is that consumption-based economy and culture and a focus on efficiency really serving the planet and humanity? And, and the answer is no, and we've known that for a long time. And particularly now with, with the world shut down, we have this opportunity to say, what do we replace a consumption-based economy with? What do we replace a focus on efficiency with? And, and for me and the work I do, I'm encouraging clients and leaders and individuals to shift to what impact are we having? Can we replace the focus on efficiency to, the, to a focus on effectiveness? And my hope is that we're going to see more and more businesses, more and more leaders, and more and more individuals shift their focus from you know, the bottom line. How much money did we make for Wall Street? Did we make for our shareholders? Did we make for the, you know, the, the financial benefactors of our success? To what impact are we having for all of our stakeholders? The people who work for us, the, supply, the people who supply the goods and services to, to help our business run, our customers, the communities that we operate in, all of the stakeholders. And we're, we're seeing the emergence of more and more of those conversations, more and more businesses, whether it's uh, benefit corporations here in the U.S. and other countries or um, social venture businesses or other, others that are focused on impact. And my hope is that that becomes the, the dominant way of doing business, that becomes the dominant way of, of, of measuring what matters most in our daily lives. Couldn't agree with you more in becoming effective to impact people's lives so they can be effective to impact people's lives. Completely changes the ball game and, and, and makes things more equitable across the board. And yeah, I'm I'm with you. I really hope that's the direction that many of these organizations will choose. And with people like you in the world, um, you can point them and say that's that's the better option for sure. So, Tom, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this incredible work you're doing? Um, well, thank you. It's It's been a pleasure being uh, in conversation with you today. I would direct them to my, my website, eddingtonadvisory.com. Uh, uh, that's my um executive coaching and advisory services. And then um, earlier this year, I launched a podcasting network that's both the TV show and, uh, and podcast. And that's the Impact Effect Network. And that's at impacteffectnetwork.com. Perfect. And I'll definitely have all that information in the show notes. So Tom, thank you again for your time today. Appreciate you and, and um, continue being well. And thank you for doing this amazing work. Well, thank you, Michael. Pleasure uh, being with you today as well. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.